In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, you who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of all that is good, and master of life, come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, in this first section that we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to finish chapter 16 of John's Gospel. We'll start with verse uh, uh, 25 and go down to the end. Um, and it's all about how our Lord will care for us. Huh? Uh, verse uh, 26, uh, I'm sorry, we're going to start with verse 26. Verse 25 um, is all about um, uh, I will make him known to you. You see? Um, An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you openly about the Father. Then, in other words, you will get to know the Father. That's the most precious thing in our life is to get to know the Father. God, as the Father, so loved the world, you see, that He sent His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, born of a woman, born under the law, uh, to redeem those who are born under the law, that we might become the children of God. And since we are children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's the whole plan, even in this life to know the Father. So he's saying, you see, uh, an hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you openly about the Father when I pour out my Holy Spirit. On that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father in your regard. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and you have believed that I came forth from the Father. Try to imagine, there's really no words, but the satisfaction, the delight the Father has when somebody loves the Son, shares his own opinion of his Son, loves him, trusts him, gives their life to him. How the Father will honor such a one. You see, and that's what's being said here, you see. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and you have believed that I came forth from the Father. If we do that, then the Father loves us. And when he loves us, we know it. One of the signs is that the Spirit works in us, that grace, by which we have a divine affection for the Father. And we say, Abba, just You might even say the word because the Holy Spirit does that. But we have this divine affection for the almighty creator and judge of the world, the source even within the Trinity, all of whom are equal and co-eternal, of the Father. I'm his son. I'm his heir. Everything he's got, I got. By the pure mercy of God and the fruit of the blood of Christ. That's why our Lord promises that, you see. Uh, 
I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and I am going to the Father. And the disciples are just like us. See, The disciples said to him, There now, you're speaking openly and not talking in figures of speech. Now we know that you know everything. You have no need that anyone ask you questions. Because of this, we believe that you came forth from God. They're pretty excited about this. Huh? And Jesus looks at them and he says, uh, Now you believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has come. And you will be scattered each to his own and you will leave me alone. Now that's very disappointing to the Lord. huh? But he loves us so much it doesn't put him off. We come back to him, he forgives us. You see, the solution to the world's problems is forgiveness. Of all the world's problems is forgiveness. Once I was responsible, I may have mentioned this before, uh, in a Muslim-Christian dialogue, and our theme was going to be forgiveness. How do Muslims look upon that? How do Christians look upon that? Very beautiful dialogue we had. So, because I had to contribute, and because I was also sort of the chairman or whatever of it, I started reading a lot about forgiveness outside of just Christian stuff. And I read the most beautiful stories about forgiveness, about the work of the Holy Spirit in lives. That deep instinct from the Father is never absent from any human who wants it. And they could be led to obedience and faith in Christ. I remember like in South Africa, when, uh, what's his name, took over, Man, what's Man? What was his name, my goodness? Uh, know it like I know my own. Uh, it'll come back to me. The first black man to be uh, prime minister of South Africa. First thing he did was said, there will be an amnesty for all the police if they will just acknowledge what they do was wrong and uh, say they'll change. Amnesty. No jail, no fine, no nothing. No matter how cruel, or whatever they've been. Forgiveness. Nelson Mandel, that was his name. Well, some of the policemen couldn't do that. So they lost their jobs. The other guys could keep their job. Forgiveness. Another was the story of a man who had been tortured by the Japanese in World War II and the March on Bataan. And uh, he was interrogated because he knew something. I forgot, was an officer, I forgot why. And he, there was an interpreter there. That interpreter asked all the questions and gave all the answers. And he was, years and years and years later, back in California, that man said, I have to find that Japanese man and forgive him. So he journeyed all the way back, questioned, what, what regiment was that, da 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 and he found the man. And he said, I've come to let you know I forgive you. And the other man was just overwhelmed. And these two, they may not be explicit Christians, but they were Christians at this moment. Forgiveness. You see, that is the secret. And so that's what he's saying here. You will leave me alone. However, I am not alone. Because the Father is always with me. And, and ahead of time, I forgive you. 
you are going to be the 12 patriarchs of the new people of God. So you've got to know what it is to be forgiven because you've got to perpetuate that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, as most of you know who he is, I think, was a, was a German theology professor, Lutheran, opposed to Hitler. And so they, a bunch of them moved down to the south of Germany to sort of get out of his way and maybe have their seminary and maybe it will, you know, we can avoid them. Didn't work, but they tried. So they're down there and they're going to form a community. These Deutsche, you know, these good, heavy German theologer, you know, they're going to work on, all right, community, Gemeinschaft. So they kept thinking, well, what's the heart of Gemeinschaft? What, what's the heart of community, you know? So they're so smart, they figured it out. It's forgiveness. Then they said, that makes sense. We're the community of the forgiven, so we just perpetuate our nature when we forgive. So it's an advantage to be a theologian once in a while. I mean, they figured that out, and they did it. It didn't save them, as you know, and Fundy Bonhoeffer, who was trying to uh, engineer and, and bring about the, um, the uh, killing of Hitler, was caught, put in jail, and he was killed even as the Allies were invading. But the part of the story that I'm telling you is that these good men, sincere and holy men, looking for the essence of community life, found it where it really is, in forgiveness. We are the community of the forgiven. And if we forgive each other, we just perpetuate our nature, no matter what. And so deep that you can see people like Nelson Mandela, this uh, American soldier now in his 80s, going to look for the guy who was the interpreter when he was tortured. I mean, you see incredible examples of this. Uh, up in Steubenville, Ohio, now these were Christians this time, the, some his two fellows got a hold of a student who had a car, and they, at gunpoint, made him drive the car someplace, then they shot him dead and took the car. It was awful. The parents got there. First thing they said, the reporters wanted to talk, they said, we want you to put in the paper, first thing, we forgive that person, whoever he is, we want him to know we forgive him. And we want him to turn back to God and be forgiven. Now that's Major League Ball. Find that guy and put him in the electric chair. No. Tell him we forgive him. That's Major League Ball. And so that is what our Lord is saying here, you see. Uh, in the world, I've spoken these things to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Um, just going to make sure. I'm th yeah, Philipsis, I thought it was. Philipsis, tribulation, often in the New Testament, meaning the tribulation that comes about because you're a Christian, you see. But take courage, take heart. Why? Because I have conquered the world. Already, I've decided, I'm going through with this. So it's as good as done. I have conquered the world. It's over. So, in the world, you will have tribulation. But in this is our victory, First John says, our faith. Hang on to Jesus. Try to imitate Jesus. And you're stronger and more powerful than the whole world.
Is that tough? Yeah, it's tough. Can you redo it? He promised we could do it. See? I will, I will be with you. I will help you. I'll be there. And then these stories I just told you, hidden in their hearts was the Lord Christ, fixed in the act of forgiveness and love in which he died and in which he is radiant forever and ever and ever. And so that's the, the message of these last verses of chapter 16, which ends the discourses in John. We're going to move on, as you'll see in a minute, uh, to look at chapter 17, which is a prayer. But starting now with verse with chapter 13, 13, 14, 15, 16, see, we go, you see, into these discourses. And now they end with this line. Take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world in you. If you just turn it over to me, if you're filled with hatred or fear or whatever, come to me. By the power of my cross, I can change you. I can change you. I remember once talking to somebody and when I said, and they said something about that, they said, you mean you can change? I said, yeah, that's just what I mean. You just, when you find that you want to do this, anger, lust, I even forgot what the problem was. I said, just turn it over to the Lord Christ who dwells in you because you're baptized and let him have power over that. If I had time, I would tell, I'm going to tell you quickly. I had a girl in class. We were doing Romans 6 where all of this about the power of the Lord Christ to forgive in us is there. And um, she raised her hand and said, you mean you can forgive? I said, yeah. So obviously after class, I got her. And I said, why did you ask me that? She said, well, look, my father is an alcoholic. And um, I've seen him beat my mother so many times that I'm so full of anger and hatred, there's no way I can get rid of it. I said, if you will give that over to the Lord, little by little, you know, you will know the difference. The Lord Christ in you will forgive and you will be free. And you could probably even set your father free. Just when if you feel it, give it over to the power of the cross. So she did. And uh, I got a letter from her saying, I'm fine, you know, I'm fine. No, it was before that. She hadn't gotten out of school yet. And she said to me, uh, she, see, I said, I can't go to communion because I'm angry at my father all the time. And she came one day up to, she was out of class by this time, and said to me, I'm going to communion now. The power of the Lord's forgiveness. Amen.